0: Of worry, no torture of temptation, no pain of grief and tears. We could have been free from all of that right now, and we could be living in that intimate, glorious presence with our God. But no. Here we are. And as I've not seen Christ return on his clouds of glory, and I notice you've turned up at church today so I'm guessing you've not either here we are in 2018 still carrying some weight of sin still um, tortured by temptation still pained by grief and upset and so that begs the question were my prayers silly or weird or just plain morbid Was I wasting my time? Time is precious, isn't it? Especially in the lead up to Christmas. And being my first Christmas as a curate, I really did recognise that time was precious. And so have I wasted hours and hours of waiting on God through Advent with nothing to show for it, except a candle that's melted down to some globular stump? This reading in Peter's second letter, chapter 3, is a response to people who were mocking Christians for their hope in the imminent return of their Lord. A reply to the charge in verse 4 that the expectation of the Lord's coming has been disproved because of the delay. That delay in Christ's return has persisted for some 2,000 years So if those early Christians were mocked for their expectation, then surely I look even sillier for considering it. But Peter encourages the believers to recall Jesus' teaching that his return cannot be predicted, but it can be expected. Jesus himself knew he would return, but only the Father knows when. Peter implores the believers to not lose hope by the delay but to remember that God's perspective of time is completely different to that of his children. Peter was encouraging them to be different even to look silly in the sight of the world because of God's promises. And today, at the start of 2018, I want to talk about our Christian perspective, how we view things differently from the world's view. And it was lovely, Sarah, that you um, noticed that God shifted your perspective as well. It's something that we always constantly have to be aware of and keep surrendering to God. Now this gives me an excuse to show a very short video clip, but one of my favourites, with agricultural content, you'll be glad to hear. And this is of Father Ted, patiently trying to explain the concept of perspective to his slow-witted curate, No Wisecracks. Thank you. So, if it will work. More, but the ones up there are far away. Small, <laughs> far away. Granted, it's a bit of a tenuous link but um, totally worth it, I think. You. <laughs> I love it. Our perspective is the way we see something. It's how we look at experiences, choices, situations. And perspective changes from different standpoints. And we sometimes talk about standing in another person's shoes to see something from their perspective. When you and I became Christians, followers of Jesus, our standpoint changed. Now this was symbolically demonstrated last term when Joey and Ellie and Miles each chose to declare their new standpoint. Through baptism they each professed to die to themselves and rise to new life, a new perspective in Christ. To stand and look from Christ's point of view. And where is Christ looking from? Well, He didn't come back on his clouds of glory, despite my many requests. So he is enthroned in the highest height of heaven, at the right-hand side of God our Father. He is seated in victory over sin and over temptation and over the power of death. He is seated in that victory with the enemy beneath his feet. And that is our standpoint That's our viewing platform, our perspective. We have died to our worldly way of seeing things. We've given that up and we've taken up seeing things from God's perspective. Or at least the opportunity is available to us. A perspective that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like just one day. As we embark on 2018, it's important for us to view this year with all its pain and its temptations, its worries, its excitements and hopes, not from our old viewpoint, but from our new creation standpoint. And this brings me to my next agricultural contribution that I believe Isaac's going to help me with. Thank you. Um, over here, you will see a fine specimen of rope that has come from my. Sorry, don't just. That's it. Just, just drag it like that. That's fine. Super up over the thing in um, Whatever this is called. Thanks, Isaac. Right over the top. Um, this is um, a rope from my very favourite farm. Uh, courtesy of my dad. Thank you. That's splendid. But if you were watching carefully, as Isaac helped stretch out this rope, this is a very, um, very familiar sermon illustration, I think. Um, you will probably have noticed, if you were watching carefully, that this rope uh, has transformed. It's changed, and it's no longer a rope. But you will notice that it's actually now a timeline. Wow, did you see that? It's clever, isn't it? (laughs) This is and over here. Thanks, Isaac. I'm just going to move it a minute. At this end of the rope, uh, this is um, the beginning of when you joined into God's eternal story, So this is uh, your conception when you were knitted together in your mother's womb or perhaps in this case knotted because it's a bit um, 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 and this end of the rope represents when uh, this end of the, the red bit represents when Christ will return on his clouds of glory to come and meet us or we'll go and meet him. So that is that represents your life here on earth. Okay? Can you see that? And then the rest of all this is representing eternity. And obviously, the scientists in the room, it's not to scale. Had <laughs> I pointed that one out, but you'll notice that the rope is woven in um, in a figure of eight, and that represents infinity. Uh, which I know eternity and infinity are slightly different, but we'll call it um, infinite time. And so that's just to help you cope with the scale issue. (laughs) Okay. Um, Right. Now, I want us to focus in on this timeline... I'm not going to ask anybody to point to anything, so don't worry. But if this is your personal beginning and when you meet with Jesus, can you find on this piece of rope where 2018 is for you? Have you got it? Can you focus on it? Yeah? And on that spot that you found is 2018... Can you focus on the bit that is the worry that you're carrying at the moment? Or the temptation that is torturing you? Or the grief that is saddening you? Or even the excitement that is just preoccupying every part of your mind at the moment? Just focus on, can you find it all? And I just wanted us to remember that God is eternal, that He, for him a day is like a thousand years. So he knows that moment in 2018, wherever that is, um, so intimately and he is there in all his fullness of love, his fullness of wisdom, his fullness of kindness in that moment of 2018. He's good and he's with you and hes it really matters to him. But now consider how much of your energy or money or focus or time is spent on that moment investing in this worry or temptation or um, excitement. And one just question, ask yourself how much of that is investing just in that moment in 2018 or how much of it is investing in the rest of your existence in eternity that you have been born into. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Because if we focus our energy into the here and the now, into what's uh, trapping us now, then we will get tied and chained to this time and it, we won't be investing into what really matters and we will find ourselves trapped. Sorry, I'm losing track because so I'm not reading it. Um, yeah, in our Matthew reading, um, Jesus encourages his disciples to alter their perspective from the preoccupations of the world to focus on investing in eternal things. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Get a heavenly perspective. Then, as you are in eternity, your loving Father will tend to your needs. So we want at the beginning of this year for our eternal perspective to recalibrate our thoughts for today about our worries and our choices. Because living with an eternal perspective is one of the keys to living as an overcomer. Living with an eternal perspective is one of the keys to living as an overcomer. An overcomer is someone who knows they are seated in Christ in the heavenly realms. Someone who lives out their perspective, Christ's perspective, no matter what comes at them. And this is increasingly important in distinguishing us from the world. This eternal perspective sets us apart. But not only that... Having an eternal perspective releases us to live a radical, supernatural life in all its fullness, as Jesus offers. It is the way that our little part in God's story brings him glory. It releases us from what traps us and weighs us down, all the things in our culture, and to put God's kingdom first. It changes our focus from the temporary here and now onto what matters for forever and ever. It transfixes our gaze, and as um, the words were earlier about running to God. It transfixes our gaze to running towards Him. And. As a church family we are to encourage one another to keep that eternal perspective because when bad things happen and when good things happen it's all too easy for us to step down from that heavenly realm and back into our old shoes. We can so easily begin to look at our circumstances from the world's perspective. Focus in on its insy wincy, fleeting moment. In, so, we, yeah, to focus in on that insy wincy moment and forget what we really should be investing in. We all need encouragement to take hold of this perspective. And as I said at the beginning, I am content to look silly for the eternal perspective that I tried to hold. And so I'll share with you my latest quirk. And um, I'm quite prone to forgetting and losing sight of what matters, So I've set myself an alarm at 2018 each day. That's 18 minutes past eight each evening. Do you see what I did there? Keeping up. Um, and that' the eight of 2018 is to remind me of infinity of eternity. And this little alarm each day is to make me pause and to make sure that I'm stepping back into that heavenly perspective, to focus on my eternal perspective, so that I don't get caught up and fixated on all the angsty things of the day. So um, I don't claim copyright on that moment of genius, so you're welcome to join me in setting 2018 alarms should that be helpful to you. During the Christmas holiday, I caught the end of a film on telly called um, Mansfield Park. I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Um, I don't actually know what it's about. I didn't bother to find out. Um, I think it's about a whole load of naughtiness under and bonnets or something. I don't know. Um, anyhow, I just caught the end of this film and they were showing sequences of freeze frames of various characters, how they ended up at the end of this this story. And they'd do a freeze frame of of this couple, and and the narrator would say, it could have ended differently, but it didn't. And then it would freeze frame to this family, it could have ended differently, but it didn't, and so forth. It went through the whole story, all the characters. Our year can be lived from an earthly or an eternal perspective. And each will influence our choices. Your year can end differently. So let's together encourage each other through 2018 to keep hold of of God's eternal perspective. And during this term... The sermons, I believe, will explore aspects of discipleship and the fivefold ministry, which is about using our gifts and the way God created us to invest in eternity, in building God's kingdom, to give him the glory through our part in his story. So let's pray. In Jesus' eternal, glorious name... We ask you, Holy Spirit, to move amongst us, to recalibrate our perspective from 2018 to eternal. We offer up to God the pain, the worry, the indulgence, the excitement of today. And as we look up, help us to fix our eyes on God who is eternally looking on us with unconditional love. Release us to be overcomers as we partner with your eternal perspective, Lord. May our lives bring you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. As we embark on this new year, I want us to um, engage with a tradition that the Methodist Church hold. I don't know if Karen's not here. The Methodists will, at the beginning of a year, um, enter into a covenant, and they will pray pray together a very powerful prayer. Um, And can we get that up on the screen a moment? Um, I'm going to give you a moment to read this prayer, and then if you want to join me in declaring it, uh, then you'd be really welcome to. It's a it's a biggie, and if you would like to join me in praying this prayer, making it a declaration over this year, then I invite you to stand. So we declare together, I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full Let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.